Would you turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28? Today we're looking at verses um, 19 and 20, 18 through 20. Matthew chapter 28 and verses 18 through 20. We are enjoying the refreshing rain uh, that refreshes the soil of this good earth. And I think we are enjoying a fresh stirring of the Holy Spirit in our church as God rains down upon us with blessings when we obey, mm. when we obey the Lord, He rains showers of blessing upon us. And we're going to talk about that today uh, as we talk about disciple making. We are in a series called The Five Purposes of the Church. And I'm going to stay here in this discipleship area for a few Sundays and uh, help to uh, bring out some biblical truths about being a disciple of the Lord and making disciples uh, of other people. But first, let's go to the scripture, and would you pray with me before we read. We do thank you, Lord, for the movement of your Holy Spirit in our life, that you bring us through the testing and the challenging and the struggling times of our life. Uh, these are chapters, Lord, that we need your grace and mercy more than ever. And Lord, keep us humble through this time, as well as when we're on the mountaintop. May we not boast in ourselves, but only boast in the mercy and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is very God with us, loved us so that we might live eternally by his death and resurrection for our sin. Bless the message today. Bless us with the hearing of the word that we might hear a fresh word from the Lord. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Last Sunday, we started this series about discipleship. And uh, at the beginning uh, of Jesus' ministry with his disciples, he called each of them and he said to them, Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus never changed his assignment for us. Uh, he told those disciples, come follow him, I'll make you fishers of men. And then the last thing he says to them uh, in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, goes like this. Go ahead and put the scripture on the board. There we go. Jesus came near, and he said to them, that is his disciples, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you, and remember I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Today we want to follow our Lord's teaching here from the Great Commission. Uh, this mission is our mission, the church, those who are disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ those who are saved, those who call themselves believers. Our commission and mission in life is to go and make disciples. It's just that simple. It's not complicated. It's not hard. What's hard about it is focusing upon those two words, make disciples. We, we get uh, sidetracked in our churches so many times, and we forget why we're here. We are here to make 
disciples. So the first point of my message today is we are commanded. It's not a suggestion. Jesus said, go you therefore and do this, make disciples. We are commanded by Jesus Christ to make disciples. Now what is a disciple? And what is an authentic disciple? Well, one thing for sure. A disciple is someone that follows someone else. Now in Jesus' day, to follow a teacher or to follow a rabbi, you were his disciple. You literally followed him. I mean, you went where he went. You heard everything this rabbi or teacher said to you. And you lived the life and the lifestyle of this disciple. And it's interesting that one of the sayings that came out of the, of the teachings of, the, of the, the New Testament, the history of, of, of the Pharisees and the, the disciples, their rabbis, was that those who follow the rabbis closely will have his dust on your sandals. Think about that. You will have your rabbi's dust on your sandals. That's how close you would follow your rabbi. Well, Jesus said, come follow me. I'll be your teacher. I'll be your Messiah. I'll be your Savior. Come follow me. question is, are you following Jesus? Are you following him close enough as an authentic believer, a follower of Christ, so that the very dust of the Holy Spirit is in you, living through you? Authentic disciples are rooted in Christ. And how do we learn about Christ so we can follow him? From the scriptures. And the Holy Spirit of God, that is inspired the Word of God, dwells in the believers, the people of God. And so we are to be grounded and rooted in the very Word of God in order to follow Jesus, be a disciple, and also gather others around us so that we make disciples of each other. The question is, are you in the Word? How close are you following Jesus? Are you an authentic disciple? Two marks I want to give you of an authentic disciple. One, you hate sin. Two, you love Jesus. I think it's just that simple. I really do. You hate sin and you love Jesus. God in His holiness repels sin. Holy God lives in us and we are to hate sin. We are to reject sin. And we are to live lives like Jesus would live. And to live like Jesus would live not only means, oh, I hate sin, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be drawn to sin. If that's all you think about and that's the only step you take, there's going to be a next step that you miss. And that miss, then, then that next step is turning from sin, turning to Christ, and embracing Him. And loving Jesus so much that he's all of who you are. It's who you are and what you are about is that I am a disciple, a follower, someone who loves Jesus, that I would walk to, with him so closely that the dust that he stirs up on the path of my life is all over me. If you're not sure about whether or not you love Jesus, think about how much God loves you. 
from the scriptures, we discover that God says to us, I am the creator and you are my creation. I breathe into your nostrils the very breath of life, Genesis 2-7. I created you in my own image, Genesis 1-27. I knit you together in your mother's womb, Psalm 139. I know the number of hairs on your head, and before a word is on your tongue, I know it, Matthew 10, 30. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, Psalm 139. You are more valuable than the sparrows, Matthew 10. I've given you dominion over all sheep, oxen, beasts of the field, birds of the heavens, and the fish of the sea, Genesis 1, 26. I have crowned you with glory and honor as the pinnacle and the final act of the six days of creation, Psalm chapter 8. You who have believed and are born again, I have adopted you, Ephesians 1, 5. You are children of God, heirs of God, 1 John 3, 2. You are no longer orphans, you belong to me, 1 John 14, 18. And I love you as a perfect father, the father you never had on earth, 1 John 3, 1. My eyes, in my eyes, you are a brand new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Sin is no longer your master, for you died to sin and you are now alive to me, Romans 6, 11. You are finally free from the slavery of sin and death. This is who you are, folks. There is now, hear this, from the Word of God. That's how we learn who our Savior is that we follow. There is now no condemnation for you, Romans 8, 1 and 2. All your sins are forgiven, 1 John 1, 9. All your unrighteousness has been cleansed by the blood of Jesus, 1 John 1, 7. You are now made right in my sight with the very righteousness of my perfect Son, Romans 4, verse 5. You have been saved by grace, Ephesians 2.8. You've been justified by faith, Romans 5.1. You are utterly secure in me forever. Nothing will be able to separate you from my love through Jesus Christ, Romans 8.39. And no one is able to snatch you out of my hand, John 10.29. And I will never leave you. I will never forsake you, Hebrews 13.5. The Word of God says... God loves you. Do you love him? Jesus loves you. Do you love him? To love him and to follow him and to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus is going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. Uh, During World War II, a great theologian, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, wrote a series of letters from prison as he was imprisoned by the Nazis. And a great book has come out of it called The Cost of Discipleship. It is the, um, uh, the biography of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. I, I suggest you get that and read it. I believe it's in the public libraries as well. But he writes from prison and he talks about how we need to be dedicated, authentic disciples of Jesus and not just play church. You see... We, we talk in America today about the decline of the church, the decline of the church, the decline of the church. And we wonder why. What went wrong? What's, what's going wrong in the world? Well, one of the reasons is that 
we have neglected to disciple people in the Word of God and expect a sacrifice. We want our churches to be comfortable. We want everybody to have uh, whatever they want when they come to a church. We want to try to meet the needs of everybody in every situation. And we don't ask anything of anyone. We almost apologize when we say, please read your Bible every day. We, we, preachers are just almost apologetic for saying that. But folks, if you're not in the Word every day, you're not being transformed by the one you're following. Let me say that again. If you are not in the Word, because it's from the Word that we discover who Jesus is and who we is, who we are, excuse me, who we, I can't believe I just said that, who we are, um, who, who, who we're supposed to be in the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord bless this stumbling preacher, I'm so sorry. My English is just going, I'm getting ready to go back to Louisiana for revival, I think that's what it is. <laughs> getting ready to re-enter some old ways of talking. But anyway, um, we, um, we become who God wants us to be when we allow God's Word to transform us. And if we're not in the Word every day, and letting the Word wash us like water washing our soul, we're missing out on so much. This means that we not only reach out and evangelize in the name of Jesus, but we also dig deeper in His Word. There was a time in the history of Israel when the Assyrian Empire came and besieged the city of J J Jerusalem, and Isaiah prophesied that there would be a remnant there that would remain. Uh, they would not go into exile, but they would remain there in Jerusalem. It was just a handful. Kind of like how we're watching the church today. People are just kind of, you know, deporting to everything that comes along and neglecting the five purposes of the church. Worship, fellowship, ministry, evangelism, and missions. And Isaiah prophesies, and he says to this remnant, this small a faithful few that remain in Judah, that were not uh, de uh, deported to Assyria. He says this, hear me now, because I think this is the key to the future of Ekron Baptist Church. All right, that's how important what I'm reading to you is. Isaiah says, the surviving remnant of the house of Judah, those of you at Ekron who are the people of God that remain while the rest of the world, you know, 89% of the people in Meade County are not in church today. 89%. The surviving remnant of the house of Judah shall again take root downward and bear fruit upward. For from Jerusalem a remnant shall go out, and from Mount Zion, a band of survivors. Dig, root, dig down and bear fruit upward. In other words, if we apply that post-resurrection, New Testament, we're doing what Jesus said. Go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. Dig deeper into the Word of God as you reach out to the world around you and bring them into a ministry of discipleship. We do that through Sunday school. We do that through uh, discipleship uh, ministries other than that. We do that through worship. We do that through fellowship. We do that through, see the five purposes of the church? That is how we continue to.
to, to of the, fulfill the great commission of our Lord, and that is to make disciples. All right, you ready for the second point? And we'll close here uh, this message. When we make disciples, we are empowered by Christ. Go ye into all the world and make disciples. And then the last thing he says is, Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. I am with you always. I am with you. I am with you. I am with you. God is with us when we are becoming disciples and making disciples. And when we quit doing that, the church will close its door. We are the church. That's who we are. That's what we do. And we are deployed throughout the week with the mission of making disciples. Jesus said, All authority has been given unto me. Go ye therefore. All authority, he said, has been given unto me. Go ye therefore. Now, I've been in the military 29 years, and I learned what authority was all about. Everybody has somebody over them. And the commander-in-chief is over all of the military. Who's the commander-in-chief accountable to? Who's his authority? You and me. <laughs> you see, no one is without authority over them. You and I, as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, live under the authority of Jesus Christ. So authority comes down from a higher power. And that power in us that we are to submit to is the Lord Jesus Christ. We are united with Jesus in his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension, and his enthronement at the right hand of the throne of the Father. We serve the one who sits at the right hand of the throne of the Father. Go ye and make disciples, he said. How is God calling you to make disciples? Well, one way is to be the example of a disciple in your family. There's no one that influences your family more than you. Be the example, set the example in worship, Bible study, fellowshipping with other Christians, being a minister of the Word of God and being minister, minister to other people and doing evangelism and participating in missions, set the example of being a disciple in your family. Also, as you deploy out there, be the example for your friends and your co-workers. And you live, you and I live in a world that does not know the Lord. The values of the world are not the values of Scripture. You be that example. And I'll tell you what will happen. I've seen it again and again. When you set the example of being a Christian, to being a follower of Christ in a workplace where they don't, first thing is they will, they will pull on you and tug on you in many, many ways to be different like them or to be the same as them. But if you just hold your ground, you just hold on to scriptural values, biblical values. You just keep worshiping. You just keep reading your Bible. You just keep loving people. 
after a while, a few of those people will begin to look at you and say, there's something different about you. There's a piece about you that I don't have. There's something going on in your life I wished I had in my life. And over a period of time, one or two of them will begin to come around because they got a lot of peer pressure over here. They'll come around to you and they'll say, where do you go to church? Why are you different? Hold to your standards. Hold to biblical standards and biblical values. And you'll have a transforming influence in the workplace around you. It may take 30 years, but it will happen. Thirdly, invest and invite. Invest in people who, where you live. Invest in family members. Invest in neighbors. Invest in people you go to school with. Um, invest in them. Minister to them. And then when you minister to them, you have the right to invite them. Invite them to worship. Invite them to your Bible study class. Invite them to your discipleship group. And I've learned that some of you continue to be in a discipleship group that's meeting with other Christians around Mead County. And I think that's cool. Are you inviting anybody else? And when was the last time you saved a seat in your Sunday school class for somebody that hadn't come yet? Do you expect new people to show up when you have a Sunday school class? See that, see that mentality of making disciples is expecting people to come that are drawn by the word of God. A disciple follows his teacher. Jesus is our teacher and our Savior and our Lord. And he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Think about these things. Let the Holy Spirit lead you as you consider how God is calling you and how, where, and what circumstances you to apply this to make disciples. Today we are going to sing a song and maybe somebody here that wants to surrender their life to Jesus Christ and be saved. To be saved means I'm ready to follow Christ. I'm, I want him to forgive me of my sin and be my Savior and my Lord. And you're, you're ready to follow through in believer's baptism. Somebody here may want to unite with our church from a sister church of like faith and order. We receive you as well. Let's stand together. Let's sing this hymn of response this morning. And let's do so under the strength and power of God's Holy Spirit. Others of you who won't be making any public decisions, maybe in your heart you're thinking of ways that you can be a, a better disciple of the Lord Jesus and begin to take on that mission of how I can bring others along others along, bring others along and disciple them as well. Father, be glorified in this time of invitation. Lord, you be blessed by the decisions that are made. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to the Sunday morning worship service of the Ekron Baptist Church. You too can accept the eternal life offered by Jesus Christ. First, admit that you are a sinner. Then believe that Jesus Christ can forgive you of your sins and ask Him to come into your heart and change your life. Then confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you've made this decision today, write to us at the Ekron Baptist Church, 2775 Hayesville Road, Ekron, Kentucky, 40117. If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to be a part of our growing family 
with programs and Bible studies for all ages. Join us next Sunday at 11 a.m. for morning worship from the Ephraim Baptist Church. Until that time, may God bless.